Well, today we are doing um, Psalm 118, verse 24, and it may seem like this doesn't fit because it says, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. What's he talking about? I don't need to be glad. I dis- you know what's going on in our world? You know what's going on in our life? Well, that's what we're going to talk about, that uh, we rejoice in the Lord, and we're going to see how that all comes out in the, in the following text here. Maybe we remember this scripture, no, scripture. Maybe we remember the song, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. I'm not singing it, you know, okay? I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it, be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. How many remember that? All right, there we go. Hopefully that jogs your memory. Now that I got that tune in your head, I want you to forget it. (laughs) I want us to just kind of put that on hold for what is the day that the Lord has made? What is the day that he has made? And what are we rejoicing and being glad about? See, most of the time, uh, you ask a person a question, is this a good day or bad day? And he says, well, I don't know yet. It all depends on what happens. <laughs> well, that's not how we operate. That's not how the, the scriptures are teaching us to look at life. With Psalm 118, verse 24, the, we are encouraged to rejoice in the Lord every day. Now, what happens is we look at this chapter in uh, Psalm 118, verse 24, that we see this verse and we kind of look at it. Well, we, the foundation of rejoicing in the Lord every day is presented in the first verses up to verse 24. So there's a lot that we are to look at in this, <clears throat> in this chapter. And it helps us to see it, uh, look at the points that bring us to verse 24. So in this verse, we're going to see a very literal sense. And uh, looking at the context of the chapter. And when you think about who God is and what he has done in your life, there are many reasons for us to rejoice. Now, sometimes we get, um, you know, we do have difficulties. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And we just returned from Connecticut, and Rhonda's cousin is about, I think this is her ninth or tenth day that she hasn't eaten or drank anything, and, you know, just waiting and in that declining process. And we say, well, how can this fit into that, that context? Well, remember, we're looking at this from, from God's perspective, and there is a spiritual understanding we have about life that we are to be happy and rejoice about. Happy depends on happenings. Joy is that which resides in our heart because God has given us joy. Now, sometimes we're not happy because the, the happenings in our life aren't that good, okay? There's just, there's just a bunch of them gone wrong. But as we see and understand this chapter, this chapter 24, excuse me, this chapter 118, we'll find and see how that uh, the, the verses leading up to verse 24 Uh, are presenting to us some very important things that we need to look at. So it is in these things, leading up to verse 24, we see the various ways God, we see the various ways that God encourages us to to Lord or to encourages us to live every day. So um, 
we have to kind of move away from that idea that every day is going to be a happy day and every day is going to just be bubbling over with all the wonderful things I want. And if you're not smiling, you're not a Christian. <laughs> you know, I, and I like the idea if you believe in God and that you're going to heavy, heaven, then you should uh, let your face know it. <laughs> Sometimes we forget to smile. You know, so don't forget to smile. Uh, but we know that God has a way of working things to, together for good. So resting on or looking at his promises, looking at what God has in store for us, we find here in, in the first thing we see in Psalm 118 is verse 1. We can rejoice on the day of God's mercy. All right? We look at the day from God's mercy. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. So when we're thinking about being thankful, we're looking at the mercies of God. Number one, God is merciful. Merciful means that he is capable of bringing punishment, he's capable of destroying whatever, but he chooses not to. So we, we wonder, well, what about all the wicked people and them getting away with their, they're not getting away with anything. There is a day of accountability. There is a day in which we will stand before the Lord. There is a day that everyone gives account of their life. So from our perspective then as Christians, as living for God and knowing that God is in our heart, we are to be thankful that God is merciful. He is merciful to us and to those people that are doing wicked things. He's merciful to them in hopes that they will change and that their destiny will change because God is not willing that any should perish. So if God is merciful to me, he is merciful to them. And so we, we pray for them that their, their lives will change. These are spiritual truths that are superior. They are high above our earthly trials. They are high above what happens on our day-to-day -day basis. These spiritual truths were, were given, written by David in, in his time frame, and these spiritual truths are for us. Um, one of the Psalms, Psalm 18, is kind of like the um, outline for this, ver uh, for this chapter. And we're not going to read the verses there, but you can look at Psalm 18 and see how David is talking about how that the, the Lord keeps him, and, over, and he's over able to overcome the difficulties and, you know, his enemies are subdued and God is the victor. And this is, Psalm 18 is kind of the um, reference point for what happens here in Psalm 118. So every day we rejoice in God's mercy. Uh, Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 22. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassion, his mercies never fail. They are new every morning, great is your faithfulness. You know, we sing the song, great is thy faithfulness. You know, morning by morning, new mercies I see. <laughs> All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And we find that, that the foundation of our faith then is on the mercies of God, and that they are, they are renewed every morning. They don't, you know, they don't expire. And the, the, psalm, or the, the writer here is causing us to see that God's mercies, every morning, 
They are continually renewed. The promises of God are renewed every morning. It doesn't mean that they expire. It just means we wake up and we need to pay attention to them. So his mercies are new every morning. They endure forever. They endure forever. This means that every day that we awake and we see the sun, if you wake up and don't see the sun, it's still nighttime. Okay, just wanted to clue you, let you in on that. If you woke up and the sun isn't shining, go back to sleep. It's not, it's not time to get up. That's not written in this text. I, that's, that's additional that I thought I'd throw out there for your benefit. You know, don't want you to think that the preacher would tell you something that's not true. I woke up and the sun wasn't shining. <laughs> it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Go back to bed. So we find that the mercies of God never expire. They never run out. And this is great because you are going to need it. <laughs> We're going to need God's mercy because God is merciful. He doesn't punish us for our wickedness. He wants us to repent of our wickedness, pray for his strength in, 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 in the spirit and the word to help us overcome those difficulties so we're not out there doing them again. You know, um, some of the text in um, Romans as we were reading in, in, in the study was that uh, people said, well, if God, gets, if, if God gets his jollies out of forgiving, let's keep on sinning. <laughs> yeah, let's make God happy. Let's keep sinning, and he can give us his mercy and forgiveness because that makes him happy. And it's, you know, it's not, what he, it's not what it means. So we can rejoice because of his mercy. Second, verse 5. I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord answered me and he put me in a special place, a large place. He set me free. Hmm. I called on the Lord in distress and he set me free. He freed me up from the distresses that were, that were suppressing, that were crushing, that were squeezing the, the life out of us. And God is, I called on the Lord, and what did he do? He released the pressure. He took away the things that were pushing me down. That there are times in which life just becomes overbearing and it just is like it's going to crush us. But it's, I, I think of Jesus going to the cross. And, you know, it was like everything was crushing him. And that he bore the weight of the sin of the world on the cross. And it was, it was a weight, a heaviness of all that sin upon him. And he did so because of his love for us. And it was crushing him. Well, he is saying to us that, we can have the strength and God will set us free. Jesus experienced that and so that we wouldn't have to. And when we pray, he can liberate us from that. doesn't mean it's all going to go away and it'll all be happy. It means that I am not pressured. You know, whenever we are pressured and pushed, we often make wrong decisions or, or make, you know, make wrong choices. So the idea is that we pray and we are looking that God will take away the distressed feeling so that we can breathe more easily and look at life, look at the choices more um, rationally and make the right choices. You ought to rejoice every day that we have a God who is not deaf, 
We rejoice in that he can hear us when we pray, and he sets us free. So, we rejoice that he is merciful. We rejoice that whenever we have distresses, see, we give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. I will rejoice in the Lord always. I'm, I'm rejoicing in God because he is merciful. I am rejoicing in God, rejoicing every day because he hears my prayer. And he sets me free. He sets me in a large place. I can see life from a different perspective. Third, we can rejoice in the day of safety. Verse 6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Okay. I will rejoice in the Lord because I am not afraid. I am not afraid of people. I'm not afraid of what they can do do to me. Do we realize, do we understand that there is no one who can overtake you? There is no one who can capture you because you belong to the Lord. The fowler who sets up the nets to catch the birds and the animals, we pray, the psalmist says, that they get caught in their own net. And so we have this release from the pressure and this understanding that God is working in my life and I am at ease because I am thankful to God that he is going, that these people are not going to be able to catch me. (laughs) They're not going to be able to capture me because the Lord is on, I believe that the Lord is on my side or I believe that I am on the Lord's side and that God will take care of me. There is safety in the arms of my father. You know, when praying with someone, you know, such as Rhonda's cousin, there she is in this almost comatose state and waiting, you know, to, to die. What do you pray? What, what is it that you can say that makes a difference? What is it you can tell somebody in the last moments of days of their life that is going to make a difference? And my thought is always, we are safe in the arms of our Father. It is the presence of Jesus Christ. Here in his presence, I am undone. It is in the presence of God that there is a different perspective of life. This isn't a mental game. This isn't mental gymnastics, good thinking, positive outreach. I'm going to be happy today. No, this is a spiritual understanding that in the presence of God, there is a reality that I am safe. And even when the greatest problem of life faces me, I'm dying and I'm going to eternity, I am safe. (laughs) I am safe in his presence. (laughs) So we find we can be thankful. We can be thankful. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It's, it's this understanding that I am safe in the arms of my Father. So now, what do I need to fear? See, these are, these are spiritual truths. We're looking at God and who he is. We're not looking at the circumstances and the people and the problems and all that. Oh, I'm happy that they're going to do, I'm happy that I have this sickness. I'm happy that, no, it's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that there is a spiritual reality that is greater than our, than our physical realities. And our spirit is able to overcome that which is of our soul. 
and of our body. The spiritual reality that I am safe in God. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. How do we know God's on our side? Father, I confess that I have sinned. And I am your and I ask for your forgiveness. I'm his child. He's on my side. <laughs> See? He's with me whithersoever I go. Whatever I do, he will never leave me for, nor forsake me. I am his. And he has promised, I'll take care of you. In this life and in the next, I'll watch over you. Be humble. <laughs> Approach life with an understanding that I am with you. Ask me, ask that God would direct us. Ask that we would have the same spirit of Christ in us that, that Christ had as he faced his adversaries. You see, this isn't about me conquering. It's about God being strong in our spirit and in our faith and our relationship with him. The Lord is on my side. I will not, be, I will not fear. What can man do to me? People, they may kill me. So what? What is that in comparison that I am safe in the arms of my Father for eternity? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Amen. Thank you very much. <laughs> there is this safety in the arms, there is this safety in his presence. And we are in the presence of God every moment of every day. We don't feel the same thing every moment of every day, but the presence of God doesn't change. It's just that we're more aware of it, sometimes more than others. So don't think that God is not with you because he is. Man can destroy the body, but God, he keeps my soul. Uh, verse 10. David is saying that all the nations surround me, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. You know, back in the time of Israel and David and the kings, you know, Solomon and so on, they were forbidden to count the number of people in their army. They were not allowed to count the, the you know, how many soldiers do you have? Don't know. <laughs> they, you know, that's not, that's not good because if we only have 5,000 people in our army and the army coming against us is 15 or 20,000, we don't have a prayer. So we need to count how, how many people we have. And God says, don't count your people. Because I am the Lord, your God, who will deliver you. Go with what you got, and I'll make the difference. <laughs> and so David, you know, he's looking at this, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy my enemies. So he's looking that not so much that he has all this power and this military might, he knows that God is capable through what he has to destroy and take on the enemy. Rejoicing in God every day. It's not because we don't have battles. It's because we know we have the victor, <laughs> the one who gives us the victory on our side. We should always, remi always remember we are never surrounded by our enemy, but our enemy is surrounded by God. <laughs> our enemy is surrounded by God. Don't tell God how big your giants are. Tell your giants how big God is, Right? So we have a perspective of life. We have a perspective of our spiritual battles. And so we are rejoicing in the Lord. So do we get the idea of being rejoicing in God? 
We get the idea that it is mercy and his grace, uh, of, that he is victorious and that he is with us and in the name of the Lord. Think about this. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. The name of the Lord. We have that name, the name of God. He is our Savior. He is our, <laughs> he's our soulmate. <laughs> I hate that word. But <laughs> in this place it works. You know, people say, I got married because they're my soulmate. Oh, go you know, most of those people never make it past the door. <laughs> the only soulmate we need is Jesus. <laughs> and the rest of us just learn to get along. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's reading the, the biggest battle that people have in, in their life is compromise. <laughs> biggest battle we have in life is compromise. Because... If we, if we, this, and, and I just thought of this, that Pat, the one who was ill and dying, um, her husband left when she was very young, uh, just after the, her children were born, they left, and she's been on her own ever since. She took care of her parents, her mother and father, but she's been on her own. And so when she moved to, to be with her daughter, her daughter says, that was hard. I didn't do anything right. <laughs> Why? Because she'd been so long on her own that this was just a certain way that she did things. And there's nothing wrong with either way. You know, the, 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 the daughter wasn't wrong and, 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 the, and her mother wasn't wrong. It's just the idea that we are used to a certain way of looking at things. God wants us to look at, the, look at things and remember the name of the Lord. Fifth, verse 14. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. He, he has given me the victory. Salvation is he has, become, he has given me the victory. He has become my deliverer. He has been my savior. So we should rejoice every day because he has saved us. We are already saved, rescued, delivered from the problem. It just hasn't arrived yet. So we rest in confidence and we thank God for it. Sixth, verse 18. The Lord has chastened, we love that one, disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. You know, the uh, proverb says, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. You know, I was thinking, well, what does it mean to be chastised by the Lord? You know, my dad, I can tell you how my dad chastised his sons. <laughs> and it was with a belt. <laughs> and I always got, my brother, he was always the one who got me in trouble. It wasn't my fault. And uh, you know, my dad would get him, you know, and my brother would take off running. And my dad would say, don't you move. And he'd take off after my brother and beat him the whole way up the road, you know. So I come back, and I'm still standing there, and he, whop, 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 you know, okay, thank you, Dad. I'm, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate your correcting me, <laughs> but it's not my fault. It was his, you know. 
Well, how does God chastise us? I was thinking of, of Jonah, you know. Jonah says, God says to Jonah, go to Nineveh. And what does Jonah do? I'm going the other way. <laughs> so when Jonah ends up in the belly of the prepared fish, you know, we call it a whale, but it's a prepared fish, and he's being digested in the belly of the fish, he has a change of heart. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> How many times that is in the difficulties that we find a change of heart? When we're surrounded by the difficulties, see, it isn't that we're the victim. That it's, it's whatever, what is it that I am doing that I need to correct my heart? And what is it that I need to do to, to see and to hear God's voice more clearly? And so when Nineveh, when Nineveh, when Jonah gets puked out of the bellies, a belly of the well and ends up on shore, I'm thinking he was thankful <laughs> for he thought that he would just die and everything would be okay, but God had other plans for him to go to Nineveh, and he went to Nineveh. Also, I think of Thomas, the disciple. And uh, when, his, when his fellow disciples are saying, and, let, and Thomas is saying, unless I see his hands, and I put my hand in, the, in his side where the sword, the, the spear went into his side, I'm not going to believe. <laughs> Jesus appears to them all and he says, Thomas, come here. Here's my hand. Here's my side. And Thomas says, oh, it's you. And Jesus said, and this was kind of like a chastisement to Thomas, it's, it's good that you believe now that you've seen, but blessed are they that have not seen and believe. <laughs> that was a little chastisement there for Thomas. Seventh, verses 19 and 20. Open, me, open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go through them, and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. Jesus declares, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. It is through this understanding that Jesus, the one who is living in our hearts and lives, he is the one who is our righteousness, our rightness with God is brought to us by Jesus himself. And it isn't my righteousness that I have acclaimed in what I have done, but I am allowing the righteousness of God, the righteousness of Jesus Christ, to be given to me. And I live in a right relationship with God. We are thankful and rejoicing. Verse 21, the eighth one. There's only 21 of these parts that I'm going to go through. No, there's nine. One more, <laughs> in case you were thinking lunch is going to be late. Uh, the eighth one is verse 21. I will praise you. There again, praise. I will praise you for you have, you have answered me. And you have become my salvation. You have delivered me. We rejoice in the fact not only that God hears us, I, you know, I often quote the scripture when Jesus is at the tomb of Lazarus and he says, Father, I thank you that you hear me when I pray. And I'm saying this not for our benefit, but for those who are listening. <laughs> and often I, I, I quote that when I pray, Father, I thank you that you always hear me when I pray. It reminds me that Jesus is listening 
I'm not reminding Jesus to listen to me. I'm reminding myself that Jesus is listening to me. He is listening to my prayers. He's listening to the desires of my heart. He's listening to me. So we're called to be joyful, rejoicing that God hears us when we pray. Jesus hears my prayer. And he says here in the psalmist says, for you have answered me. Present tense. Not will answer me, you have answered me. So sometimes in our life we have to believe that the answer to our prayers are coming. They haven't got here yet, but you know what? We haven't got to the place where they can fit into our life, but they are coming. It's hard to get that perspective that sometimes God has blessings for our life. We don't have them yet, but it doesn't mean they're not coming. So we need to be thankful for what God is doing and what he is going to do because in our thanksgiving is an act of faith saying God is going to do this. God is working a miracle. He's going, that's going to happen in my life. Then finally, number nine is verse 22. The stone which the builders rejected. This is talking about Jesus. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. The cornerstone is not the, you know, in our cornerstones, we have them in the corner of a building, but the cornerstone in those days was the top of the arch. And it was the very center stone that held both sides together. And that the Lord is our cornerstone. God is the one who holds our life together and makes them equally strong. God is the one who physically, spiritually, and our soul and our spirit we all meet in Christ. The things I do, the things I say, the things I think, my soul and my spirit, God is the one who brings it all together and keeps it in place. So he is my cornerstone. He is the bookend, Alpha and Omega. He's the bookend of time, the beginning of time and the end of time. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He holds it all together. In our life, he is the one who holds it all together. So, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Not because everything's happened and going my way, and not because I've done it my way. <laughs> That's a song. Uh, but we rejoice in the day of God's mercy. We rejoice in the day of delivery. He's almost like Amazon. Does house calls, house deliveries, <laughs> except he's a little better. It's always on time. We rejoice in the day of safety. We rejoice in the day of victory, the day of salvation, the day of chastening, the day of righteousness, the day of answered prayer. We rejoice in the day of the Lord our Savior, who is the cornerstone of our life. There are times that we don't feel like rejoicing. But it isn't about things going perfectly in our life. It's about these spiritual truths that anchor our soul and anchor our life. And we are to give thanks for them. 
because these truths and these realities are greater than the reality that we face. Because all these things in 50 years will be gone, but the reality of his word will never change. So I rejoice and be glad in what God has done. So whenever we are, whenever we are pricked, whenever we are pushed, whenever we come to the point of saying, God, I thank you, it's because of what goes on in this, what has gone on in this chapter. It outlines for us what God is doing in us. Amen? Father, we thank you. I thank you that you always hear me when I pray. And God, you not only hear us, you answer. We are grateful. Help us to rejoice in the God of our salvation, the God who will take care of us in the difficult times. You're the one, O oh Lord, when we stand before God the Father, it is your righteousness that will cause us to be there. We rejoice that you will answer our prayers. God, that there is nothing outside your bounds that we come together with you in this life and we ask for your guidance and we will rejoice and be glad. We will express our thanksgiving to the God of our salvation. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.